Welcome to the Pivot All About Bikes podcast. I'm really hyped about the bike we will talk about today. It is innovative to a degree that may change your perception of how an electric supported bike looks, how you use it and how it rides on the trails. It is so versatile, it even ends up in applications we can't even think of right now. Our R&D team used a new motor system and did an amazing job on creating the new benchmark for e-mountain bikes for its weight with beautiful design. My name is Jens Staud, your host for today, and my guests to talk about this bike are Chris Kokelis and Kalen Boland. Welcome Chris, welcome Kalen. Thanks Hi, Jens. Jens. You both are probably just excited as I am to spread the word about this groundbreaking new bike. But before we start, we need to introduce you, Kalen. Tell us a little bit about your background. We know Chris Kokalis, but how did you came to Pivot and what is your role now? Yeah, I started as a demo driver. My wife, Paz, and I spent four years on the road for Pivot, uh, working with dealers, working with customers, sharing the Pivot love uh, all over the States. And uh, now I've transitioned into a different role, more dealing with dealer education. Uh, I still go to events and uh, support other other departments, but mainly mainly working on education and development. Yeah, I want to toot Kalen's horn for a second here. He's uh, he's our technical training manager, and so he's basically been with Pivot from his early demo days. Uh, he was one of our first demo drivers and has been with the company since the early years seen everything that happens on every bike, gone through thousands and thousands of demo rides, and really just has an experience level uh, with consumers and dealers on bike setup, bike performance that really almost rivals no one else in the company. After this little insight in the history of Pivot and the people working here, we want to talk about not only an addition to our overall Pivot lineup of bikes, it is a completely new member to our shuttle family. And for those who don't know what shuttle means, these are our electrified bikes. Chris, can you give our listeners a bit of history of e-bikes and what led to the first shuttle in 2017? Well, the name shuttle obviously uh, is pretty explanatory. It's, uh, the idea was to shuttle yourself up the mountain, but uh, in, in the U.S. here, we also have the space shuttle. So a little bit of a rocket ship um, connotation to the bikes. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, we launched the first, uh, shuttle at, uh, Eurobike in 2017. Um, but my history with e-bikes goes a little bit further back. I started working with BH bikes in 2007. They're a Spanish company. They were an original customer with Panasonic for some of the very first mid motor bikes. During that time, I was part of the product development meetings with Panasonic. We shipped several of the city commuter bikes to the U S and started pretty early on riding the e-bikes and just kind of taking a look at what they did, what they didn't do. And then I think it was about 2010, four years later, that we started working on the Pivot Shuttle project. So thinking of a world without e-bikes right now is pretty much like thinking about a world without smartphones. Some people even starting biking just because of e-bikes now. And Pivot is known for high-performance mountain bikes, and we entered this sector the moment we could ensure to match the high performance also on a bike with a motor. We were pretty much the first company, if I remember that right, which were able to push the weight of a full-on e-bike of under the 20 kilo mark, which is 
quite significant. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. In, in, in 2012, Daniel Limberg, uh, at the time he was our global sales manager and now is in planning and specifications. He and I were walking the, the Eurobike show. I was looking at just this rapid proliferation of e-bikes in Europe. I was, I was quite critical of the bikes. I told him that I didn't really feel these were developed enough, but someday that I could uh, really see us having an e-bike in our line. He looked at me and he, uh, and he told me to let him know well in advance so that he could give me his letter of resignation. Because at the, at the time, uh, the feeling was just, this is uh, kind of an impurity <laughs> to the sport of cycling and something you would want to stay as, as far away from as possible. And well, he's a big shuttle fan now. He's, he owns a shuttle. And, uh, but looking at the products in the market back then, he was totally justified to be skeptical of the segment. Those early EMTBs were really poor excuses for mountain bikes. It was really a bad mountain bike with a motor bolted on. And when, when it came time for us to work on the project, it was our goal to really build a world-class mountain bike slash enduro bike first and use power assist to really enhance that bike's performance. Instead of just trying to hit a price point or say, this is how we need to bolt this product to make this thing work. It was really a ground up design from the beginning. We had to start somewhere, of course. So, you know, we had the, all the examples of whatever other people were doing or not doing. Fortunately for the timing and the technology with working with Shimano, we were the first high-end American brand to bring an EMTV to, to the market. And, uh, I, I, I feel it really set a new bar for what an EMTB could be. And then you mentioned being able to push the weight under 20 kg. And that original shuttle with its original spec as, as we launched in 2017 was actually 19.5 kilo. With, with a, it was a really capable handling bike of 19.5 kilo. I believe it's about 37, 38 pounds. That combination of lightweight and the capability in the chassis of our switchblade, somewhere between our switchblade and Firebird and the way it handled, was really a game changer in, in what an e-mountain bike could be. But now, uh, diving a little bit of the history of the last couple of years, and the overall trend was, especially over here in Germany, that people demanded bigger range, bigger motors, bigger power. And with all of this, obviously, weight comes on again. So all weight savings, that, which is a crucial part of a bike really performing well, got lost. I think even the second round of bikes that we were shipping, uh, immediate feedback was that everyone wanted uh, bigger brakes. I mean, we, we were we were trying to, to get the bike down in weight. It was a key part of that original bike. So we had uh, maybe not the most aggressive tire casings and we had two piston XT brakes on the bike with 180 rotors. Um, and it became immediately evident with about within about three months that uh, people wanted more. So the rotor size went up, the caliper size went up, the tire casings got burlier and heavier. Um, and then the next round, uh, the shuttle is now on its kind of third generation of the uh, of the 140 category travel switchblade category bike. And it's really evolved. Uh, it's now got a 38 fork on the front, 29 inch wheels, again, burlier tires. Everything's just been uh, even bigger rotors than the second round. And so everything just has continued to go up. And then the biggest thing was the with the switch to the new uh, Shimano EP8 motor, 
from the original 8000, we also went up huge on the battery size. So uh, 726 is uh, when we launched that update that was and still is among the the biggest batteries you can put in an e-bike. It, it makes for an incredible eMTB experience, but it's far different from the original like let's make the mountain bike experience, let's enhance this, the regular mountain bike experience. When we start out to try and get it to feel closer to a regular switchblade, now the focus turns has turned a lot more towards being like a burlier e-version of the Firebird with incredible range. It's an incredible bike, but we have reached, reached a point in the evolution of the shuttle where it's now opened up a gap and room for a different bike and a different application our analog bikes are among the lightest frames or lightest bikes, and it really pays a huge fa- plays a huge factor in how the bikes perform overall. We really wanted to explore more. What if we could get back to those roots or even lighter? That original idea of having an e-bike that behaves like a normal mountain bike, and then of course now that we're used to big power and big battery range. We're not willing to give up too much of that. We like that part of it. And I think that everyone would appreciate the feel of something like a Trail 429 or a Switchblade or something in between without giving up that amazing power system range that we've all really become accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, I've spent a lot of time on the original shuttle and Chris has ridden me into the ground on it. Uh, there's no there's no range anxiety on the, on the current shuttle. Riding some really technical long rides in Phoenix. The first ride I went on with Chris, I forgot to pack a lunch and I was, I was bonking and my bike still had plenty of bars left and uh, I should have brought a bar. And, uh, and a jacket yeah. if I remember. <laughs> and a jacket. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's we all have different interests in what we ride and how we ride and the current shuttles this amazing all-day adventure bike. You can go ride trails you wouldn't ever have thought of riding on your mountain bike. You wouldn't want to waste the energy and and the miles uh on your own your own energy and the shuttle just expands your range and and chance for adventure and you're looking on maps trying to find new trails to take this bike on but at the same time it's a it's a different ride feel whereas you know what chris is talking about that that the ride characteristics that everybody loves with the trail 429 and the switchblade to have that but also some assist to always keep you in the fun zone you know that's what a lot of people are looking for too this is opening a gap and the name is already giving it away, SL. And we now have the Shuttle SL. Yeah, the Shuttle SL is a new addition to the Pivot family. Uh, SL obviously stands for super light, and it was uh, that was a key focus on the development. Of course, we still want it to handle amazing and have great power. And to help us achieve this, we worked with Fazua on their new Ride 60 motor system. We actually started building prototypes of a Trail 429 EMTB with the Fazua Ride 50 system in 2018. So that was actually a couple generations of Trail 429s ago. And uh, that Ride 50 system is the same system we use on our E-Vault all-road and gravel bike today. The new Fazua Ride 60 system, though, does for EMTBs what their Ride 50 system did for electric assist road and gravel bikes. It really provides a lightweight yet powerful system that integrates seamlessly into the design of the frame. The system was first and foremost designed for EMTB integration. Unlike the Ride 50 system, 
where the the battery, the motor, and drive unit are all in line with each other. This breaks things up in a more compact way that allows us to build a very, very traditional looking mountain bike frame. I actually think with the, the, the way the size of the down tube being small, but not too small, and just the shape of the bike, I think this is possibly the nicest looking frame we've ever designed. Um, e-bike or otherwise it's it's just really really incredible to look at first and foremost and then and then the ride certainly backs that up that that ride 60 system really gave us the flexibility to design a next level emtb that i feel can really benefit an even wider range of mountain bike enthusiasts and riders before we're actually getting into all the technical finesse of this bike, I'd like to ask Kalen about his experience between the shuttle and the shuttle SL, because I remember a call where you told me that you use those for different kind of applications and how you how many times you've ridden the shuttle and the shuttle SL back to back, how different those feel and who is it for? Well, that's a tough call. I think... Uh I think they're both for everybody, uh, <laughs> just like all of our models. You know, I've been on rides with somebody on a trail, a Mach 4 SL, a Switchblade, a Firebird. We're all riding the same trail, having a great time. Uh, that's the same with our shuttle family as well. One of the things I really noticed riding the uh, the SL, I remember on a ride with uh, Chris and one of our athletes, Jordy Bago, they're both on full-powered shuttles, and I'm on the SL, and I was a little little worried I might not be able to keep up with them on the climbs, keep up with them uh, with the range, and uh, as we took off, I was I was noticed I was able to to keep up with the group, and uh, but still have this light, snappy feeling of the bike like a switchblade on South Mountain. So really great to have this this different feel, this different handling, similar to riding a shadow cat or a trail, uh, but still having that assist and allowing me to go on this ride and not blow myself up trying to keep up with full-powered e-bikes. The current shuttle definitely is the traditional sense of an e-bike, having a powerful EP8 motor, large battery, and more suspension travel. The bike just feels planted. When you slam into a corner, it just grips. That that bike just tracks and takes you anywhere you want to go. And with that battery, you look at the map and you just pick where you want to go, and you're, you're not concerned about what you're going to encounter because you know that bike's going to be able to handle it. If it's a technical steep climb that might be on a motorized trail is rutted out, you'll be able to just rip right up that thing. And then same with a technical descent, that bike's just going to stay planted and grip the ground and just dampen everything and make you feel like you can just monster truck over anything. But the SL has a little bit different feel to it. It's got that that snappy performance. You still have this amazing assist and, and power when you need it. But I find I find myself using it using it in the off mode, actually not using assist in a lot of rolling terrain. That bike just handles and pedals as well. But then when you do get into the technical terrain, you can you can boost it up. You can add go into the higher power modes, river rocket, and it even has a boost mode uh, that you can use to give yourself that max power. Um, when you need it. So it's definitely a, a great bike that is snappy and light and playful, gives you that handling. You forget you're on an e-bike, but when you are blown, you get to that steep climb, you can give it as much assist as you want and, and keep up with your friends if they're on full-powered e-bikes too. Chris, you being a moto guy, maybe you can draw some comparison out of that segment. Is is like an 
an SL comparable to a trials motorbike or an enduro, hard enduro bike? Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because I do, I, I do ride moto. And for those of you who know like KTM or really any dirt bikes, but if you have a bigger bore dirt bike or really, let's say any modern dirt bike, Honda, Husqvarna, KTM, Gas Gas, the, the, the most modern bikes have gotten... Um, a little shorter in wheelbase, they've gotten lighter and they're just more flickable. And it's amazing how the enduro, like Firebird segment of, of the bicycle market, those bikes have gotten longer in reach in the way you're positioned on the bike. And when you're in the basically body triangle position in the standing attack position on my Firebird versus my Husqvarna are quite similar. And just recently got a uh, 150 Husky two-stroke and that bike is super light. It's right around 200 pounds, but it, obviously it's got way more power than any bike, but it's amazing how similar that feels to our, our current regular shuttle where the SL, like we've mentioned a couple of times, feels much more like a trail 429 enduro. So this idea of, of kind of getting back to the roots of a lively handling mountain bike, I love them both, but one, they, they, they just provide vastly different riding experience. There's a big difference if you're switching between an analog bike and a standard e-bike. You could be 8 to 10 kilograms or about 20 pounds different between those two bikes. The SL really bridges the gap between those and gets you much closer to that standard analog feel. In fact, you know, when you're on the bike on the trail, it's really indiscernible. So e-bikes, and we covered this a little bit earlier, they get, just got heavier with bigger motors and bigger batteries. And this can be fine for some, but some wanted more, like more, more handling, more riding performance. So what would be the sweet spot from a power point on a light e-bike? Yeah, I mean, you can strip away power and reduce battery size to make something a lot lighter. Of course, handling on the downhill, flickability will improve, but you'll get some disadvantages uh, disadvantages on the climb, especially if you know how full-on e-bike rides. We, we really imagined a bike that had a much better power-to-weight ratio, so we aim for something which can still give you that easy and powerful climbing experience, but still be able to throw around in, in a playful way on the descents. Really Everything we do is is a balance, and we're making decisions on which way to go. Uh, so if you strip the power and battery down to an absolute bare minimum, then you're really left with a heavy bike that's still not all that motivating to ride. You need to be able to really cover that extra weight that is inevitable having a motor and battery. You just can't get around adding things to your bike and not adding weight. So we were involved with Fazua from the beginning. I should say Fatsua from the beginning of the project and giving feedback on battery size, motor output, and packaging to really help achieve that perfect balance with our frame design. Kudos for your Bavarian German. <laughs> Doing my best. <laughs> Fatsua. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so now, now we have a bike with all the power all the battery and still it's such a lightweight package it has almost an analog bike handling how this was overall possible yeah that's really the most fun thing about this project if you get that balance right uh, you can really start to look at everything else more closely frame can be lighter for starters and with our hollow core molding process we have 
really tight control over the internal thicknesses and, and the compaction on the frame. So we were able to really optimize that internal structure to make sure we achieved maximum strength and ride tuning similar to our, our, our analog bikes. The current shuttle Shimano EP8 system has 85 newton meters of torque and a 726 watt hour battery. I can do a four hour plus technical ride, mostly in the middle power setting, and still have two to three bars left it's, it's not impossible to drain the battery, but it does take a big effort. You really have to be committed to a super long ride. Yet on most rides, you'll never drain the battery, uh, but you still get to carry all that extra weight. So we, we really had some room here to work with to develop and design something completely different. We have now the perfect power to weight ratio? Oh, it's hard to achieve perfection, but we're, <laughs> I think we're about as close as possible given the, our time in history. So yeah, being able to build the frame to normal trail bike weights saves a lot of weight compared to a standard e-bike frame. The balance is really in matching the weight, suspension travel, and feel the, the chassis with the performance of the drive system. Uh, again, going back to don't just bolt a motor to a bike. Make sure the whole system really works as one. So working with Fazua, we ended up with uh, 60 newton meters of torque out of the motor, which I believe weighs only 1.9 kilograms. Uh, I might be off a little bit on that, but it's, it's approximately, it's for the most part, less than half the weight of most traditional motors with almost the full torque. And the most powerful class one motors make 85 newton meters, but those bikes are about five to 10 pounds heavier. For the battery, the Fazua system uses a 430 watt hour battery with the lighter weight and the more efficient compact motor. This really translates into a similar range capabilities as many of the standard 630 watt hour battery bikes on the market, which is still a four hour ride with maybe one or two bars left. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, on, on the ability to go the distance. That sounds great, but the original shuttle, we offer a brutal 726 watt hour battery. What if I want to ride longer distances on the shuttle SL? Are we cutting out people who want to ride the lighter bike on longer distances? Yeah, there's a great solution coming for this. Fazua has developing a range extender, which should be available first quarter of next year, so not that far away. It'll add another 210 watt hours. The system's pretty simple. It'll connect to your down tube and should give riders the type of range that we have with the more powerful shuttle. It also is a neat system in that when you aren't using the range extender and uh, you snap that battery out of a almost like a water bottle type bracket, you actually, they'll have a water bottle cage that with the same magnet snaps back into the same place. So there's a uh, real ease of use with the system as well. I really have to nail you down, Chris, now. How light can a shuttle SL actually be? That's the amazing part. Our lightest builds come in well under uh, 17 kg. It's about 36.9 pounds. We certainly could take even more weight out of components, but we always like to do re reliable, lightweight builds when we do things. So it's a build that'll go the distance and allow you to enjoy the experience and not just shoot for the lightest weight on the scale. Although... I do believe this really sets a new bar for lightweight e-bike weights. Does this make this bike actually the lightest e-bike in regards of the best power to weight ratio and also considering not going crazy on components? Yeah, I, I believe it pretty much does. I hate to make, you know, bold claims where somebody could, uh, you know, 
basically put balsa wood rims on their bike and say, oh, mine's lighter. But, uh, you know, we're with the technology and everything where we're at today, we really have an incredible balance with this bike. It's only slightly heavier than our high-end enduro bikes like the Switchblade and Firebird. And on the trail, it rides very similarly. You have the ability to throw the bike around. It's a really nice and lively experience. Even just the process of loading the bike uh, onto your rack or into your car you you really forget that you're picking up an e-bike. Um, Kalen, you and I, <laughs> you and I, we were both for some months now. I had the opportunity to take over the first prototype from Chris in February. Yep, and uh, really collected some miles already in the in the really brutal German winter that tortures Chris so badly with <laughs> all the snow. And um, yeah, I really put the system through its paces. And people who know me, I'm not the biggest e-bike fan because I, w I was always concerned about the weight because I, I rather have the performance and the agility on the trail. And now I spend a couple of months on this super light system and yeah, it made me change my mind. I think I can speak also for you, Kalen, do I? Yeah, absolutely. For me, I always thought if I was going to have an e-bike, I was happy to pay the weight penalty to have a bigger battery, more power. I'm going to do different rides than I would on my regular bike. And a lot of friends talking about, man, I really wish I had a lightweight e-bike. That, that I think would be great. And for me, I didn't, I didn't see the appeal of that as much until I got a chance to ride the Shuttle SL. And uh, just having that forgetting you were on an e-bike and I was riding with Chris and uh, we were going up this climb and I, I totally forgot I was on the shuttle SL and I was just thinking to myself man I'm feeling great today I am awesome like I could just go wherever I wanted everything was perfect and then I realized the bike was what was awesome and I just happened to be on it <laughs> it's it's a totally different feel keeps you in the fun zone it it makes you not think that you're on an e-bike and when riding this, you can put the bike where you want it. It's really poppy and snappy when you're when you're riding a, a full-powered e-bike with that added weight. Yes, it's planted, but it's planted. When you want to pick it up and move it and throw the bike around, it, it changes the feel of the bike. So this thing, you're able to ride as if you would on your normal bike and pick the lines you would. It's poppy and playful. You don't have to perk the front end of the bike up and over the rock, um, you know, you just give it a little pedal kick and you can get the front end up. So it's just this, this snappy, fun, playful bike that also gives you that boost when you want and keeps you in the fun zone. One thing that's really important for that is also where it's sitting travel-wise. I mean, the regular build is 150 up front, 132 mil in the rear. And if you are an active rider and you're pushing into berms and rollers you're getting something back it's not like a big bike and it's it, it has the progression at the end so if you're pushing and they're pulling and lifting it off the ground it's just like goes yeah just like just like all the bikes that pivot develops chris and kevin and the team spend a lot of time on setting up the suspension the way they want to in the design of the frame but also in the suspension tuning so uh, they work closely with fox on this uh, to get this tuned just right with a, an e-bike specific tune for for this bike as well 
Chris, you were riding this a long time without the battery. Yeah, and and without a functioning motor. It's a, it's interesting on this project. We we were developing this together at the same time Fatsuo was developing the the Ride 60 system. So we had rideable chassis before the motor and battery were fully developed. So we had some you know dummies of a of a motor the way it plugs into the frame bolts into the frame but yeah we probably spent 6 months riding this as a normal bike with no no battery no real uh internals to the to the motor system and it's not a whole lot different than taking out your trail 429 or your switchblade and in, in, in that aspect cuz the weight was uh, nearly identical and it's first and foremost an all-around great trail bike the riding experience is awesome not to dive too much into the the nerdy details but uh, i've mentioned this before with the original shuttles is the dw link suspension design and the patents for anti-squat really translate incredibly well over to e-bikes because we're not dealing with a huge range of front chain rings and anti-squat is affected by power significantly. So um, when you have a four bar link bike, a standard horse link type bike, those tend to squat a lot more and you counteract that with a lot more damping in the suspension. Uh, and then if you add the, the power of a motor system to it, you're, you're really fighting these problems. But with DW link, the kinematics of the bike just work uh, amazing on an e-bike and we can really optimize for that one or two front chainring sizes a, a 32 or a 34 and really perfectly balance how that suspension and chassis works so whether there's a motor in the bike or not the pedaling performance the traction on climbs how it's able to get into its travel on mid-size bumps and on big hits is just incredible and it keeps that bike poppy and lively and makes the shuttle sl quite a dream bike it's uh it's one of those real special events in the timeline of pivot of yeah this is something new unique and uh and next level maybe you can draw a comparison 10 years ago from from a bike back then to the shuttle sl to explain how much of a game changer this bike actually is Ah, uh, 10 years ago, hard to search through the timeline, but I mean, one of the most significant bikes in, in our history was certainly the launch of the first Pivot Switchblade. That was the introduction of Superboost and really doing some things to launch a, a longer travel 29er that hadn't been done before and being able to optimize that wheel size with long travel performance with tire clearance and and chassis feel and when that bike came out it really set a new bar for us similarly probably more closer to 10 years ago was the original Mach 6 it was the beginning of 27.5 inch wheels and same thing of that achieving that balance uh, so there's just there's just certain bikes in our history that have not only changed the the way things are for pivot but really the course of where certain categories of bikes in general head and this is one of those those type of products where it's there's there's we're not the first to do a super lightweight e-bike but we might be the first to get it just really balanced and perfect to where it's like okay now it has arrived chris also always says his favorite bike is the next one and i know he takes a lot of a lot of time when he's looking at every single bike and but i've heard him say a number of times that this is his favorite looking bike he just you know 
function over form is usually the the number one thing making sure the bike handles well but this bike just looks so good yeah every time i look at that bike in the garage i'm like ooh, baby i can't wait to show everybody this bike because it's been basically <laughs> hidden hidden under a blanket for yeah a couple years now <laughs> Besides its beauty, and we don't want to distract that, right? So um, it has some features for in, in this goes into the direction of integration. Can you walk us real quick to what the options are on this bike? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, this bike also goes to the vertical shock mounting. So in many ways, very similar uh, details to the Trail 429 Switchblade. Shadowcat, etc., and that we've got a vertical shock design, which allows for uh, large water bottle clearance on all sizes, pivot tool dock system, and then universal derailleur hanger and everything with the pivot cable port system and uh, design of the bike. We want, uh, with our evolution of e-bikes, uh, including the, the, the current shuttle, we're, we're working towards, you know, ease of accessibility and maintenance on the bike. Get the weight down. This battery on, on this bike is not removable. I believe uh, Fatsua's removable battery is heavier than the non-removable battery. So that was a big thing on saving weight and chassis design. And yeah, so it also allows us to keep that down tube slim and light and, uh, and really most people unless they see the light on the top tube showing the power bars they would not be able to tell this is an e-bike from the side view i have a fun note for you if you measure the down tube of a firebird extra large which i have in the basement and compare it to the shuttle sl the down tube is just pretty much the same size it's just yeah. a couple of millimeters differences so if you put in it have a silhouette of the bike you couldn't tell the difference yeah it is pretty amazing obviously battery cells and the, the shape has to change slightly but uh but surface area is something that we pay attention a lot to and uh, if you add a lot more surface area to a, to a frame obviously the weight's going to go up you can you can only cheat that so much with different layup schedules and, and and things of that nature. But yeah, keeping this chassis light and also it gives us that ability to do the ride tuning and make sure that the the chassis feel per frame size is on point with what we do on our other models. So if you are interested in buying one of these, you mentioned that we have like a super lightweight Team World Cup build, yes. but there are different ones. Uh, yeah, so the 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 lightest Team World Cup build. It's nice to have that uh, that shining bike on the scale, and this one achieves that while still having an, a nice ride quality. It's a Fox 34 fork, DPS rear shock, slightly lighter tires, just little bits here and there that are designed to still perform but shave weight. And that's the Team World Cup build. And then the majority of the builds, the, the regular Team build, Pro build, and... Our ride level build, which is an XTR, an X01, and an XTSLX mix, respectively, those all go to a Fox 36 fork with a Floatex shock, a little bit burlier tires, and that's that's what most people will ride. That's what I ride because just the bike is so capable, having a little bit larger stanchions, a little bit of uh, the reservoir on the shock just allows you to push it harder. Again, it's all about balance and both bikes, whether it be the lightest one or the team pro or ride level builds, they they all achieve a different type of balance. I have one question I'd like to ask for every bike. Why should you buy one and why it will make you happy? 
Well, I'm a little close to this, so I'm going to let Kaylin answer that one. This bike you should buy because it's the lightest, snappiest e-bike there is on the market right now. It'll make you happy because you'll be riding a bike. And uh, this thing allows you to kind of push it, push it a little harder, push it a little farther. You know, if you've got a busy day, you're working hard, you get home and you want to just sit on the couch, uh, you're going to grab this bike and go out and just have a blast. And it's one of those that's not only is it an equalizer, but it allows you to ride with anyone. This bike's going to be fun to ride with your friends on full-powered e-bikes. It's going to be fun to ride with anybody on, on an analog bike. It's also, this system's actually incredibly quiet as well. So you don't have anything going on that might distract you or your friends when they're riding with you. It's, it's just a great bike that you can go out and have fun on on any trail, uh, keep your legs feeling fresh. If you want to use this as a training tool, great training tool, but also if you just want to want to go out and ride and have a good time with anybody, this this bike's going to going to keep you out there longer, uh, having a great time and and still allow you to explore and and push your limits. Yeah, I can add to that a little bit. Uh, you know, if you honestly if you're a strong expert or pro rider, then you already know that feeling of just having the legs and the stamina to push harder and go farther when you need to. That's really the Shuttle SL experience for every everyone. 95 plus percent of us do not have any World Cup XC aspirations or even the ability to win a local XC or endurance race. I think we can all appreciate that feeling of fresh legs and maybe that ability to even push hard up the first couple of climbs and then it's just gone and you're tired. Riding the shuttle SL really maintains that awesome feeling throughout the ride. You're still working hard, but you can just enjoy the ride for a lot longer. Of course, if you want to suffer, you certainly can still have that ability, but you can hold that threshold longer without totally bonking or blowing up. It's really just something you need to experience. The bike's really special in a mind-blowing sort of way and it, it can, can change anyone's riding experience and again Kaylin mentioned the ability to ride with other people with other groups if you're with a group of stronger analog riders you're not going to be running up on them the, the the way this system works and feels is a much more natural feeling you again you can't even hear that the, the system is on and then if you're in the in the higher modes on the bike if you're with riders that are on you know, full 85 Newton meter torque, big battery bikes, you're right there as well. And the, and the ability to, to do things in a, in a more dynamic and lively way on the bike is there. And it's just a, it's just a different experience, but yeah, I kind of think everybody needs to own both of them. The more shuttles, the better. <laughs> Add it to your collection. Agreed. <laughs> That's a great uh, uh, closing quote, I would say. But uh, let me add on, on, on the riding experience as well, because I really think this bike is very balanced. It's, it it sound, sounds kind of boring to say, but we have slightly growing chainstays. We're using the same system uh, we explained already on the Firebird podcast. So it's depending on the size, the chainstay grows slightly and the overall chassis behavior of the bike. This is really nerdy now, but... It, how it flexes under you, like how stiff are the big frames, it's just on point. It's on point. And the motor is not like you, you don't have like this motorbike feeling on it. It's just there. 
and it helps you and keeps your legs fresher for the next day. Can't wait to get this out in the world and have people experience the Shuttle SL. So that's a wrap, I would say. Thank you both. Thank you, Jens. And really looking forward to have this bike out in the field and the people get it on it and experience the bike on our demo. Thank you, Kellen. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jens. Thank you. Thank you.